Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. A subdued Olympic torch relay began today. That's our lead story for the Morning Buzzcast. Good morning. It's Thursday, March 25th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody is having a great week. Let's start with news around the Olympics, because we said months ago that the clearest indication that the Tokyo Games would proceed was when the Olympic torch relay formally began. And that's what happened today. Japan officially launched the Olympic torch relay four months before the Summer Games are due to begin. But let's make no mistake about it. This is not your normal torch relay. There are no spectators, and there's social distancing between the participants. It's going to be a 121-day journey, and the route of the torch relay may change based on the pandemic. Now, the relay is being live-streamed to deter mass gatherings on the streets. And remember, these torch relays are a celebration, and they're also a sponsorship activation. Celebrities and former athletes are always asked to carry the torch. This year, celebrities and former athletes were told not to reveal in advance when and where they're running to avoid crowds from forming. And so far, more than 20 celebrities and former athletes have pulled out, according to multiple reports. But the torch relay did start today, and that is the clearest indication that the Tokyo Summer Games will go on as expected and as scheduled beginning on July 23rd. Let's shift to news around college sports because we have talked a lot over the years how NCAA President Mark Emmert has survived so many challenges and plenty of criticism of his leadership. Well, over the next few weeks, it will really test Emmert's leadership and support of Emmert's leadership. Yesterday, Capitol Hill got involved in the controversy over gender disparity at the college basketball tournaments in San Antonio and Indianapolis, something we've talked about in the Buzzcast for the last week. But when Capitol Hill pays attention, everybody takes notice. Yesterday, a group of House Democrats wanted answers of Emirate and asked for a review of the NCAA's other championships and raised questions about the NCAA's role in fueling inequity in college sports. So remember, on the Buzzcast, we've said that the NCAA would be on the defensive on this issue for a while. And that's surely the case with yesterday's scrutiny on Capitol Hill of the NCAA. I will also tell you, I've rarely seen so many calls specifically pointed at Mark Emmer and his leadership. And I really firmly believe the next few weeks and months will test the widespread support of Mark Emmert and his leadership of the NCAA. So a story is clearly to be keeping your eye on. Let's stay with the NCAA tournament and let's talk about ratings. Yesterday, I gave you some numbers. It wasn't the whole picture. Our Austin Carp helped make the picture clearer. NCAA men's basketball tournament viewership for the first two rounds is down 11% from 2019. 
The drop from 2018 is only 5%. I still think the NCAA, CBS, and Turner are okay with these numbers. It's not a big surprise for the drop. Remember, so many Blue Bloods not playing, so many early round upsets, and also the schedule shifted. The big reason for the drop to 11% is because games were held on Monday this year, and those late afternoon Monday games significantly impacted the overall tournament ratings. But so far, men's tournament viewership down 11%. We've got some big news coming out of the NFL. First, remember when there were questions if Dan Snyder would be able to hold on to his NFL team? Remember, that wasn't that long ago. There was a lot of controversy over sexual harassment claims of employees based out of reports in the Washington Post. He also faced scrutiny from three limited partners about his management of the team. Well, now it looks like Snyder's control over the WFT is only going to grow stronger. The NFL Finance Committee approved a debt waiver that would enable Snyder to buy out those three limited partners, and that would resolve an ugly dispute between them that we've talked about on the Buzzcast and that has been the subject of courtroom litigation. This move also serves as further confirmation that the league, the NFL, has no intention, no plan whatsoever of forcing Dan Snyder to relinquish his control of the football team. So what's this waiver all about? Well, the waiver would enable Dan Snyder to take on an additional $450 million in debt. That's a special waiver that the league has to approve. Snyder then plans to pay approximately $875 million to purchase the shares held by the three partners. That's Dwight Schar, Fred Smith, and Robert Rothman. Those three own about 40% of the team. This is all based on reports out of the New York Times, Washington Post, and our own Ben Fisher. So once that's complete, that would put ownership of the team entirely in the hands of Dan Snyder and his family. Now, this comes as the New York Times is also reporting the NFL's investigation into sexual harassment claims made against former team executives comes to an end. And Roger Goodell may address the findings of that investigation at the NFL owners meetings next week. So what is this all about? What's my takeaway? Well, a couple of things. One, NFL owners do not like ownership disputes at all. NFL owners hate litigation. They hate infighting. And they hated to see all this dirty laundry becoming public. And they also support Dan Snyder. And they didn't like the actions of Dan Snyder's limited partners. I heard that from multiple sources I've talked to. So they supported Dan Snyder in this move. And in the end, Dan Snyder is poised to increase his control of that organization. Staying on the NFL, I remember it wasn't long ago that the league firmly rejected any tie to gambling and gaming whatsoever. And we all know, boy, the times have changed. In a major sign of that change, the news yesterday that Caesars Entertainment has agreed in principle to acquire naming rights to the Superdome in a deal worth nearly $11 million a year for the next 20 years really was an eye-opener because for the NFL to okay such a big name aligned with such a marquee building is a major sign of the times. Of course, we saw it with Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, but this is even more significant. Caesars, of course, replaces Mercedes-Benz on the building, and the new deal will more than double the annual fee paid to the Saints. So it's a very, very lucrative, profitable deal for the Saints. 
for Caesars Entertainment, the deal is significant because remember, Caesars signed a deal to become the NFL's first official casino sponsor in 2019. And Caesars has major plans in the New Orleans region in terms of rebranding some of the casinos in that city. All in all, Caesars gets its name on a building that's always in the rotation for the big events, Super Bowls, Final Fours, CFP games. So a big deal for the Saints, a big deal for Caesars, and further breaks down the walls of the NFL's association with gambling and gaming. And our final note on the NFL, and this is a great, great lesson for young people. It's a great example of someone working their way up to the top. The Houston Texans have named Greg Grissom as the new team president. He replaces outgoing president Jamie Roots, who resigned in February. We talked about Jamie Roots' resignation. Yes, there's a lot of noise around the Houston Texans right now. But more importantly on this day, who is Greg Grissom? Well, most recently, he was senior vice president of corporate development. But the thing that stuck out with me is Greg Grissom started working for the team in its inaugural season in 2002. And this is his fifth promotion since he started working for the Texans when they started as an organization. So it's a great story of perseverance, being loyal in an organization, and working your way to the top. So congratulations to Greg Grissom, the new team president of the Houston Texans. I want to end with two quick notes. There's more energy around the vaccination space because the NBA is reportedly investigating, coordinating with national pharmacy chains to host on-site vaccination clinics for players for team and arena personnel and their families at team facilities and arenas in the coming weeks. So the NBA could be making a major vaccination push for its teams and personnel. And finally, we talked on our SBJ Spotlight news show yesterday about what sports event will return and what sports event would really open your eyes that we're moving past the pandemic. And my last note today, if you watched our SBJ Spotlight news show yesterday, it launched. I hope you got a chance to check it out. If not, please check it out today. We asked the panelists in our Insiders Roundtable, what event is really going to stand out as a true indication that we are moving past COVID? Some people may say the Triple Crown. And good news out of Baltimore yesterday is that fans will return to the Preakness Stakes on May 15th. Plans are to have as many as 10,000 fans on the ground at Pimlico. So if any event stands out to you as being a true indicator that sports is back, please let us know. So that is your morning buzzcast for Thursday, March 25th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody has a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.